It's a gospel on the radio talk show. A show about dreams and visions and a church that is indeed triumphant, alive, and well. For the church triumphant is alive and well. Hello, Tallahassee. This is the Gospel on the Radio talk show. I'm Pastor Jack King. I am your host. And uh, today... We celebrate our wonderful country and our veterans and those who have labored and served. That was your tribute to our veterans here today. We're just a day away from Veterans Day. And, uh, of course, uh, all the activities and festivities that go along with Veterans Day. And uh, I just hope that you took some time to just say, Lord, thank you for those who have Served and have given their all. And uh, some of them who have laid down their lives to uh, keep our country free. And I'm thankful for that. And I'm thankful for you for tuning in today to the uh, Gospel on the Radio talk show. This is show number 1097 today. And we're going to spend the whole show just uh, talking about our country, our military, and playing some patriotic songs and just. Uh, making sure that we do it right as far as honoring our veterans. Uh, last week, if you tuned into the show, you know I had uh, Joe West on the show, and he's the director of the uh, Veterans Day Parade here in Tallahassee. And we kind of got into a conversation, and it had to do with the Vietnam vets. Now, I am a Vietnam-era vet. I did not go to Vietnam but I did serve on the USS Lexington during the Vietnam conflict. We were involved in training pilots that were going over to uh, fly in the war zone. And so I feel like I was very much a part of the war, even though I wasn't there. But one of the comments that were made was that the way that uh, veterans were treated during the Vietnam War, and uh, it wasn't very nice. And uh, Joe said something that I, I'm i sure he has probably said it before because he's been here on the show with me several times, but I, it never really registered until he said it this time. He said, but the Vietnam veterans have dedicated themselves to make sure this never happens again. Never again will our military uh, men and women come home and be treated the way that the Vietnam veterans were treated. And so now it seems like we have a new culture. And uh, I like it. <laughs> and uh, uh, people that say, uh, thank you for your service. And thank you for what you did to help keep our country free. And uh, like I say, I appreciate that. And I appreciate the very heart of that because we know that uh, were it not for people who's willing to risk their lives. We wouldn't have the freedom that we have today. This nation has been through many conflicts and much blood has been shed that we may be able to uh, fly our flag of freedom and it's never, never should it ever be taken for granted because the truth of the matter is there will be others who will be called to sacrifice as those in the past have sacrificed. Uh, 
in order to keep us free. Our freedom will indeed be challenged, and uh, we have to be ready and willing to rise to the cause. And the truth of the matter is that I'm certainly not a young man anymore, but if if I was called on to serve in that way, I'd do it again. (laughs) It would be very, very uh, difficult, (laughs) again, at my age, but... uh, I'd do it again because I I believed in America when I went the first time and I'd believe in America if I had to go the second time. And there have been many who have who've gone back in and said, well, we'll serve some more. And of course, all these people who uh, uh, during the Iraq conflict and uh, Afghanistan that not only went one tour or two tours, but sometimes five or six tours kept going back because they believed in the cause. And, uh, well, that's the heart of the American military people. We did the tribute to the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, the Coast Guard, and the Marines, and I did not mean to leave out the Merchant Marines, but I didn't have the song, and I don't know what the song is yet to the Space Force. If somebody knows, then educate me because I'm very interested in the Space Force. And if I had to go again and I had a choice, that's where I'd go. I'd try that out because that just sounds fascinating to me. It's a whole new horizon up there. (laughs) And uh, uh, I think that's where I would go. And if if they'd had the Space Force when I was at the age to go into the military, I probably would have gone because, uh, well, you just don't know how exciting that could be. But uh, I chose the Navy because it just seemed to suit me at the time. I served four years and uh, uh, three and a half of that on the USS Lexington out of Pensacola. We served most of our time in the Gulf of Mexico uh, because, let's say, we were a training carrier. We were training pilots to go to the war. We'd train the pilots out of a VT-4 Pensacola, and we would go down to Corpus Christi about once a month, a 10-hour trip down, 10-hour trip back, and we'd be down there for a week or so, and just uh, as as, uh, the expression is, when you're uh, landing an aircraft on an aircraft carrier, it's called uh, running traps. So we would go down there and run traps, catch all those airplanes, and send them back again, (laughs) And we did that, and then we'd come back to Pensacola, and then we'd run traps in Pensacola. That's what we did. And um, and like I say, if I had to do it again, and I was caught upon to serve, then I'd go do it again. Now, my wife probably wouldn't be real thrilled about that because she didn't know me when I was in the military. Um, her stepfather was Navy, and so she'd had a just about had enough of the Navy. <laughs> and so, fortunately, I was. Well, the truth of the matter is that when we were dating, I was still had my two years of inactive left to go. She didn't find that out till we'd been married about 15 years. And she got upset about it. She said, you mean to tell me that when we were dating, and actually were probably engaged by that time, that they could have called you back to the Navy? And I said, yes, it could have been possible, but the Vietnam War was over by that time. And they were actually downsizing the military at that time. So there really wasn't much danger that they would call me back. But it was possible. <laughs> she said, I don't like that. I said, well, don't worry about it now. It's, that's, that's all in the past. 
While we love our country and treasure the liberties it provides, nothing compares to the freedom we have found in Jesus Christ. We pledge allegiance to the flag, but we commit our hearts and lives to the Savior who gave himself for us. We want to do all we can to make our country great, and yet we pray passionately that we may faithfully live lives that testify to God's greatness and reflect his glory. God of our fathers, hear us, we pray. We, your children, cry out today. We are coming with such need. We are asking desperately. Give us 
Here's the thing. If you love your country, then you have to be willing to do whatever it takes to keep our country free. And we know that uh, there are challenges today from without. There are, I believe, challenges from within. And um, I've said this many times behind this radio microphone, is it I believe a country is only as strong as our families. And I, I, I do believe that there has been an attack on the family. And I also believe that there's been an attack on the word of God and our churches. Because you look across the, the landscape of the country and you'll just see the churches are, our churches are struggling and people are not there. And, and of course, then we had this uh, situation with the COVID, and, and uh, that really uh, had a great impact on the church because there's many people now who used to go to church, but they don't anymore. And they've just, a year of being out, they just developed a habit of not going. And I, I believe that's very detrimental to our families, and I believe it's detrimental to our country. That's an opinion, but... Uh, it's a well thought out one because uh, I'm a pastor. I am the pastor of uh, Freedom Road Christian Ministry. I like that word freedom. <laughs> and uh, a place to freely worship the Lord. And uh, we love visitors. We'd love to have you come worship, worship with us. We start at 11.05 on Sunday mornings at 7 20 Capital Circle Northeast in a storefront. And uh, like I say, visitors are very important to us. We do our best to make people feel welcome when they attend Freedom Road. We love the Word. We love the Lord. And I'd love to see you and your family come worship with us. FRCM.us. That's our website. You can check that out. This is the Gospel on the Radio talk show. I have the privilege to be with you every Sunday morning here at 8 o'clock here on 94.1. We interview people most of the time, and we've had some great interviews here lately. I've just uh, been really blessed that the Lord has sent uh, these guests my way, and we've been able to get them to come into the studio. Sometimes it takes uh, a lot of uh, they call near misses or hit and misses <laughs> to get people here. Sometimes you you schedule it and then things go wrong and you got to reschedule it and then you're scrambling around to try to see who else would be willing to come and then uh, well just something you just do and I've been doing it now for over twenty years of doing this talk show and uh, I've had people say to me says I think I'd like to get into the radio ministry and I said well welcome. <laughs> but I want to tell you something. It's not as easy as it looks. There's work behind it, and you've got to be committed to it because sometimes uh, things just happen, and uh, people are 
people are people. They have busy lives. Sometimes things come up. And uh, it's all just a part of doing a show like this. And uh, I remember one time I was listening on the radio and uh, they were interviewing this guy that does a talk show. And he talked about how that he flies people in from uh, all over the country, four or five different people to do different things to be able to put the show together. And I'm thinking, well, this is mostly just me, but I have to give a lot of credit to Brother Doug Apple. He does a lot uh, to make this show possible, too. But uh, but as far as putting the show together, it's pretty much on me. And then I do this show, and then I also do the Saturday Night Gospel Sing, which is an hour of Southern Gospel music, and that takes time as well because you got to pick out the music, and, and uh, of course, you got to get it done and, and all those sort of things. And then I also do the daily broadcast, and that airs uh, Monday through Friday. Um, so there's five of those. And so that uh, takes up a good portion of your time. And like I say, if God's calling you to do radio ministry, then you, you better be committed to it. And the other thing is just this. I've heard people say, well, I'm going to get a, a radio show and uh, so I can attract people to my church. Well, I hope that works for you. I really do. I hope that that's a, that's a good plan for you. Has not been a plan for me. Over the years, we've had very few people actually show up at Freedom Road. Uh, we'd love to see more visitors come. And so if that had been my motivation for going back to the radio ministry after a 20-year absence, then I would have quit a long time ago. But that's not what it's all about. This is something that God has called me to do. And uh, it very much is a calling in my heart. And when I hear from God, that's one thing you can, you can count on about Pastor Jack King. If I get a word from God, then I will be forever tenacious to do what God has called me to do. And uh, that's just, just the way I roll. <laughs> and so God spoke to me very, very clearly some 20 years ago about coming back to the ministry of radio. I'd been out of it for 20 years, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. It really has. I enjoy it. I enjoy meeting people, and I've had an opportunity to meet people doing this show that I would not have been able to have met any other way and, and made friends uh, in, uh, in doing this ministry. So <laughs> I always say this. Whenever you do what God has called you to do, it will always be more fun than you ever thought it would and that's just been my experience with all this but anyway this is the day after veterans day and actually two days after veterans day i'm sorry uh, we did the music show yesterday this is the talk show so two days after veterans day we come to you and i i had brother joe west on the show last week he is the director of the veterans day parade in tallahassee i always love having him come he always gives us so much good information about things. And, uh, uh, of course, we, we had this storm that was coming in to Tallahassee area or coming through the state of Florida. Not sure exactly where it's going to go and that sort of thing. And so uh, I was interested to know when, whether or not they were going to have the Veterans Day Parade because we did that show uh, a week ahead of time. And so, uh, I don't know. Well, I just happened to tune into the radio to Preston Scott's show, um, and um, 
there he was, Brother Joe. And uh, I listened to it. He said, yeah, yeah, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. He said, this, this thing's going to blow out of here, he said, and we're going to have the parade. But if it doesn't blow out of here and it's raining, hey, we're military. <laughs> we've, we've dodged bullets. <laughs> he said, yeah, we're going we're gonna to have the parade. And I applauded him for that. And uh, I know that when he was on the show with me, he was telling us, he said, the year that they canceled the parade, that had a lot to do with the uh, the band directors who were saying we cannot have our instruments out there in the rain, which we all understand that. And so which means that there won't be any bands. And so I thought to myself, I told my wife, I said, well, then we won't have any bands. <laughs> Just all the other people that are coming, if they're willing to be in the rain, then let's do it. And so I think that was pretty much uh, Brother West uh, concept of the whole thing as well so you know god's good god's good and it's just important i believe this speaks volumes to our children to the next generation to have that parade and uh, give people an opportunity to show appreciation to our veterans for those who have served it's lee greenwood you know the song god bless the USA. Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA. Yes, amen. <laughs> I'm with you, Brother Greenwood. God bless the USA. We've just uh, been through uh, our Midterm elections, and uh, tell you what, sometimes you just wonder about some of the things, and of course, uh, still uh, some mysteries concerning some of these elections, and sometimes it takes them a long time these days to um, determine who won uh, particular seats, and of course, uh, I've been hearing on the radio a lot of applauding for the state of Florida that seemingly has gotten their act together and uh, got our returns uh, in in a prompt manner. And, of course, a lot of uh, credit has been given to our governor. I know that in the beginning he he fired some people <laughs> that had been uh, kind of derelict in their duties. He just, he just fired them and said, we're going to get some people in here to get this thing done. And it seemed to go well, but I just want to throw this in. Because with all of the acclinades for uh, Florida, back, uh, let's say, go back 20 years or maybe more, when uh, a lot of times I'd watch the election returns, used to pay a whole lot more attention to it than I have recently. However, I did watch some of it this year, because normally I'm doing the talk show or the music show when I'm on Tuesday nights, but uh, but uh, this year I got to watch it a little bit, but Back, especially during the Reagan administration, I used to really pay a lot of attention to it. And the one thing that I noticed, the year after year after years, the state of Kentucky, number one. I mean, talk about for years in a row, the first ones to get their returns in was the state of Kentucky. And they did well this year, too. I don't know that they were number one, but uh, they got them in there prompt. And so for all of you people who like to make fun of my home state, just... Mark that down. We were number one for years 
and uh, very prompt in getting our election returns in. So I <laughs> just wanted to clear the air on that because uh, I'm proud of both of my states. I've actually lived in Florida longer than I lived in Kentucky, but uh, in my heart, I will always be a Kentuckian. And of course, now, uh, since my dad passed away, me and my brother Jerry owns the farm, and so I actually own property in the state of Kentucky, and so that's my home. But uh, Florida has been <laughs> where I've lived for a lot of years, and I'm thankful for both of my states, and I'm proud of Florida for our our work and how we got things done, and um, not only in the result of the elections, but also because we got our returns in promptly, and we didn't have any hanging chads or any of that nonsense that we had back in 2001. So thank the Lord for all of that. But uh, we are honoring our veterans today, and uh, those of you who have served. And just a quiz question for you. Who do you, or what do you think is the oldest military branch in our country? Think about it for a second. Some of you think, well, it's the Army, is it the Navy? And uh, if you said the Army, then you would be correct. <laughs> In uh, 1775, the Second Continental Congress established the Army because they were in the conflict, or beginning of the conflicts with the 13 colonies against the British. George Washington is the commanding general. And uh, basically, the mission or the, uh, uh, not, not the mission, we'll get to that in a second, but the uh, purpose of the Army is to serve the American people, defend the nation, and protect vital interest and fulfill the natural military responsibilities. And the mission is enduring to provide Necessary forces and capabilities to the com combatant commander in support of the national security and defense strategies. So, our mission, what the Army is all about. But I heard somebody say in the time that basically uh, the military's job is to um, break things. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I think they do that very, very well. But um, the Army has a tremendous role in, in providing security for our nation. So those of you who have served in the Army, then I salute you and I thank you for your service in the United States Army. And, of course, uh, uh, for those who, of us who have been in the military, we, we love to rag one another. <laughs> and uh, a lot of times I'll meet somebody from the Army, I said, they, they wouldn't let you in the Navy? And of course, then they've, they've got their comebacks, I assure you. And then especially between us and the Marines, it just it just never ends. But it's all in fun. It's all in fun. Now, you say, well, what was the second? What was the second branch of the military to be formed? And um, that would be the Navy. Actually, it was established in the same year, 1775. And, uh, I found this to be interesting. The uh, founder of the Navy, none other than 
we have just begun to fight. Remember? <laughs> John Paul Jones, the founder of the Navy. Listen to this. We have 336,978 in active duty in, uh, in the Navy, across all across the world. And um, you think about these guys and uh, that are on some of these uh, big carriers and some of the other ships, and they're gone sometimes for six months, sometimes a year, uh, what they call a med cruise. And my goodness, and, and the one thing that, like I say, I, I told you earlier that I served on the USS Lexington, a training carrier, and we were stationed out of Pensacola. So we were we were home in the area most of the time. We'd go out for a week or two weeks, and then we'd be back. And uh, that was pretty much standard. And sometimes we'd go down to Corpus Christi, and we'd be gone a little longer. I didn't really know the full impact of the whole thing about the ship coming home until we went to Boston. And we went to Boston for, to be in dry dock. And we were there from uh, January 1973 to, we left in April, had a little incident uh, coming out of the channel, had to go back. So it was probably uh, middle of April when we finally came home. And, uh, man, the pier was full of people greeting the coming home of the ship. And that's the only time we really experienced it in that way. I mean, we'd come home, there'd be people there, but nothing like that day. I mean, that whole pier was just full of people just meeting uh, the ship as it come home. And, of course, now these, these ships have, that are gone like that for six months to a year, you imagine what those homecomings are like when they they come home and uh, uh, you know hadn't seen their wives and their children and and uh, it's just a it's just an amazing thing. Uh, military wives they're amazing people and they learn how to uh, survive without their spouses there. It's just a it's just such a sacrifice and that's why. We're taking the time today to celebrate and commemorate and appreciate our veterans. And I have a little song here, and I've played this just about every year, and Fourth uh, of July, and this because I just love this little song. But I just think this just speaks so much about our veterans. It's called G.I. Joe and Lily by the Oak Ridge Boys. Someday they'll rest in Arlington Neath the red, the white, the blue Safe in the arms of Jesus When their journey here is through An American love story Not unlike a lot of others Except G.I. Joe and Lily Is my father and my mother Kind of gets you, doesn't it? <laughs> the American love story. Wow. G.I. Joe and Lily by the Oak Ridge Boys. And uh, this is the Gospel on the Radio talk show. I'm Pastor Jack King. I am your host. And uh, I always have a good time. And I didn't tell you my rules as we begin the show. We don't talk sports, politics, or doctrine. 
but we always speak well of one another. And uh, and that's been my rules from the very, very beginning, and they've served me very, very well. Uh, let me just finish up here with the Navy before we move on to the Marine Corps. Um, three fi- primary areas of responsibility. Preparation of Navy forces necessary for the effective prosecution of war. Maintenance of naval aviation. Development of aircraft, weapons, and tactics. And uh, a lot of people don't think about the uh, uh, Air Force or, or the um, aircraft side of the Navy. But the Navy has a very large uh, contingent of airplanes. I pushed many of them around the hangar deck on the LAX. And then later I was able to get into the uh, photo lab and become a – actually, my final rank was uh, – Photographers made third class, but before that, I worked in the hangar deck, and uh, basically when an aircraft is going through the hangar deck, because we'd we'd land them on the deck, come down elevator one, and then go through the three bays, going back up elevator two. But every time that aircraft moved and it was going to be stationary, even if it's just for a minute or two, they had to be tied down with four chains and then untied so they could move another two or three feet. And this went on and on and on and on. Sometimes 24 hours a day is what you'd be doing. And uh, if you got a break, you just took your flight jacket off, made a pillow out of it, and you laid down on that card, cold, hard deck, and you went to sleep because sleep was precious in those days. <laughs> so you, you very seldom uh, had a chance to get down to your rack. You just, you just slept where, you're, where you could because we were working hard. And we were it's what we call squirrel caging, squirrel caging, uh, A6s and A7s, up and down, A4s, up and down that, uh, across the deck, back up to the flight deck so they could uh, come back and practice again because that's what we were all about. We were all about training. Well, then there was the Marines, and uh, they had the responsibility. Actually, they were founded in 1775, too, and they were uh, founded as an elite fighting force and um, founder uh, Samuel Nicholas was his name and uh, they also developed a new mission of sinking subs and uh, but they're responsible for the conducting operation with the Navy as well as the Army and the Air Force but the Marines really came in vogue during the uh, Baltic War they were sent there as an elite fighting force. And uh, you've heard the, the term leathernecks. They call the Marines uh, jarheads <laughs> and uh, also call them leathernecks. Well, the, the term leathernecks came from because in the Baltic War, the enemy, they had these, these uh, blades that kind of looked like axes. And... Uh, they would swing those things and just just take your head off. And so the Marines started wearing leather around their necks to ward off getting their head chopped off. And so thus the term, uh, the leathernecks. And, uh, and then it says that the Marine Band uh, was discovered by Thomas Jefferson as a president's own music as a part of his state functions at the White House. And so 
that's a little interesting tidbit about the Marines. We appreciate our Marines. And if you are a former Marine or if you are serving now as a Marine, then we salute you as well as our Navy and our Army and all of our veterans that have served in whatever capacity that uh, you have found yourself serving or have served. And then there's the Coast Guard. And uh, I appreciate the Coast Guard because uh, their their mission has kind of taken on a new light in our modern age because not only are they responsible for protecting our shores, they are also involved in uh, drug confiscation and trying to thwart some of this uh, drug traffic and uh, also uh, people coming into our country illegally. They've had a tremendous responsibility in working through a lot of those things. The Coast Guard was founded by Alexander Hamilton, August 4th, 1790, to provide maritime security and uh, search and rescue. And uh, now they operate under the Department of Homeland Security. And so they've been transferred from the Army or the Department of the Navy. And uh, we got, uh, let's see, 40,992 in the Coast Guard, 7,000 reserved, and then a 31,000 auxiliary, and 243 Coast Guard vessels. <laughs> Just kind of giving you some uh, insight and highlights of some of our military forces and some of the work that they do. Because, well, most people are pretty much uninformed. <laughs> and, uh, and I remember when I first went to Pensacola and uh, got in a vehicle with somebody, I don't remember who it was, and they were just kind of taking me on a little tour. They were, we were driving around some of the Navy bases, and this person was all excited about airplanes. And he said, there's a A4, A6, A6. And I didn't know, I didn't know any of that stuff. I didn't know, I didn't know what kind of planes there were. But by the time I finished my term on the Lexington, I knew all about those airplanes. And then there's the uh, Air Force, founded September 18th, 1947, uh, formerly Army Air Corps. And uh, 1947, it was uh, separated from the Army and um, became its own branch of the military. And um, basically... The Air Force is to provide air superiority. And, uh, of course, it's the same thing with the Navy. Uh, sometimes your soldiers get pinned down. If you remember, if you ever uh, watched some of the uh, TV shows or movies, uh, Forrest Gump, remember when they were, they were pinned down there? They called in either the Air Force or the Navy. Uh, most of the time, it would be the Navy because we'd have an aircraft carrier probably somewhere in the area, and then they come in with their planes and drop the bombs and give a little relief to our soldiers down there. And that's what I always tell the Army guys and the Marines. I said, yeah, you get in trouble. Who do you call? <laughs> of course, then they'll have their response back to us just as well. And uh, anyway, uh, 5,369 aircraft uh, in the Air Force, 406 ICBNs, 
And uh, it's actually the second largest branch of the service. And that surprises me. And uh, the mission to provide global intelligence and global reach and global power and to destroy, disrupt, or neutralize the enemy whenever necessary. <laughs> and uh, I believe they can do just all of that. Because the truth of the matter is that we have the uh, most powerful military force in the world. And uh, some of the technology we have now is so advanced, and especially from the 1942 Commission aircraft carrier that I served on. It's just amazing. The technology of the planes, the uh, armament, and uh, these ships and their ability to, to have so much information and to have eyes that can see is, uh, where the enemy is. And, uh, and the thing about it is that what we want is to have a military so strong and so powerful that nobody wants to take it on. And so basically, uh, strength, uh, peace through strength. In other words, to be strong so that we don't have to go to war. Because my heart is that we would never, ever have to sacrifice any more of our uh, American treasure in uh, some conflict somewhere. Uh, peace through strength. And so uh, a lot of times we have to go through uh, rebuilding of our military because sometimes it gets neglected. And... Um, Sometimes we have to uh, just upgrade because if, you, if the enemy is improving their technology, then certainly we have to stay on top of that so that we don't become weak and become a target of those who would seek to destroy us. Because the truth of the matter is, is that there are people and there are nations that would very much like to destroy America. But uh, my heart is that God would always let freedom ring in this great land in which we live that we'd always enjoy red as the bloodshed blue Gaither as the vocal band That's right. These colors never run. That's the uh, Oak Ridge Boys bringing that song to you here this morning on the Gospel on the Radio Talk Show. It's uh, been my privilege to spend this time with you. And uh, just finishing things up, of course, the Merchant Marines, and uh, they have a very important role to play, especially during wartime, because uh, they had the responsibility to get goods in uh, different places and to fortify our military with supplies. And if you've ever read books or studied anything about war, you know that supply line is absolutely essential. If you remember during the uh, Revolutionary War, a man by the name of Francis Marion had a band of guerrillas in the their job was to cut off the supply line of Cornwallis' army 
uh, they called him the Swamp Fox. And uh, he had an army basically that would just totally disappear. And then they would gather together and go do their mission to disrupt the supply lines. And then they did, they'd be gone. And then they'd be back home wherever they were going to go. And uh, that's a very important mission and that sort of thing. Warfare is a fascinating thing. It really is. And if you've ever had a chance to just learn, and I don't really know much, but I've just read a few books and learned a few things and understand how important that uh, different aspects of the military is. I read a book one time. It was a it was a day-to-day chronicle of the Civil War. And uh, it really enlightened me of the role of the Navy in the Civil War. I never realized how important the, the Navy's uh, work was during that conflict. And uh, so you just learn things. And uh, anyway, the thing is, thank God that our flag still flies, symbolizing freedom. I was uh, there by the uh, Tallahassee National Cemetery uh, today, as a matter of fact, and I saw that flag at, at half mask, and I thought to myself, now, wait a minute, who died? And then it dawned on me, oh, it's Veterans Day, and uh, a lot of people have died. A lot of people have laid down their lives so that we might be free. And not only for you and for me, but for your children and my grandchildren for generations to come. Just uh, to finish up here, and there's the Space Force, and I've told you, this fascinates me. Uh, the newest branch of the military, 8,500 airmen, and I'm assuming they are coming from the Air Force, have volunteered to be a part of the Space Force. And we don't really hear much about it, but every now and then on the news, I hear now, nowadays mentioning the Space Force. And actually, I'm very, very much intrigued. And like I told you in the early part of the program, if you know what the the theme song is for the Space Force, I want to hear it. And if you, if you get a copy of it, send it to me because I'd like to know because I'm very interested. But anyway, thank you to our veterans. Thank you for those who have served. And if you are a part of that, then I salute you today as a part of our military services and thank you for your service. Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, over our nation. Father God, that we would always have freedom. Lord God, I thank you for those who have sacrificed and those who have served. And Father God, I pray your hand of protection upon our military forces wherever they may be. And Lord, I would just pray that just be peace, peace all around the world. Peace, Father God. And Lord, I pray for our churches. I pray for our pastors. And I pray for peace in the city of Jerusalem, in the nation of Israel. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Until next Sunday morning, may the Lord bless you.